I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. This is a weekend video update for the week ending March 22, 2019. You're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So I've got a cup of Java. We're going to go over the markets in detail. A lot went on yesterday. We have to answer the simple question. Was it a reversal? Or will it not be a reversal? And that's what we're going to have to unpack. We're going to look at all the details. We're going to provide what would be the next line of defense on the downside. What is the next magical number that we have to work with? We all saw how 280.40 was certainly respected by the market over and over and over again. We closed below that number. It's a weekly close. It's a daily close. It's an important close. I think it's a recapture. We're going to go over all this stuff, but keep in mind, it's not that easy to kill a bull. It doesn't have to be the end of this rally. It can be. We're going to go over all the details in both directions, but we must, and we have to take it from an unbiased perspective. We must look at both sides. Otherwise, it's not worth the time. If you're just looking at one side of the story, it's easy to just pick out the news you want to hear and go with it. We have to look at both sides. We're going to do that here and now. Since it's the weekly close, let's just do a recap of what happened this week so we all can get on the same page. We can all run at the same speed. So we had Kabuki Theater on Wednesday. The Fed met Tuesday, concluding their meeting on Wednesday. They came out with their interest rate non-announcement. They came out with some verbiage. Their verbiage, meaning their statement, was essentially negative on the economy. But what happened? The following day, Thursday, the market spikes up and has a huge rally. That was certainly, at least looking back on it now, a trick trap full and frustrate because the market went up. It certainly was keeping the trend intact. The trend was up. You remember I say was. The trend still technically is up, but we did close below the 20-period moving average. I think that counts for something, but we're still talking about what it was, not what it looks like now and what it will be going forward under normal market conditions. But let's go back. So the trend was up. The market has a big rally after the Fed, not right after the Fed, but the day after the Fed. So here's what we said on Thursday, if you remember correctly. The Fed's commentary was negative on the economy. I said, why is the market rising on all that kind of news? Whatever the rhetoric was, didn't make any sense. I used the term BS, and we know a couple of things. We know we were looking for the hot zone. At that point, when the market went up on Thursday, it certainly looked like they were going to get into the hot zone. They really weren't that far away. 287 to 290, that was our hot zone, red zone, whatever we want to call it. The market went up to about 285, and we had a reversal. Here's what we were also talking about. If you go back to the last several weeks, I've been holding off the bears who wanted to call for a market turnaround over and over and over again, and I was pleading with people that the trend was still up and the market wasn't ready yet, it's still rising higher, and that turned out to be the case. Just the other day, we said something that we haven't said in quite a while. We're looking for a top. 
We were in the time zone. We started talking about the time zone over a week ago, probably a couple of weeks ago. We said we're looking for a top in this time zone within the next couple to three weeks. We don't know exactly where it's coming. I thought I had the price nailed down, 287, 290. It's not over yet. We'll get to that. But we certainly didn't get there yet. We got to a high of 285 and change, a couple of bucks short from the entrance into the hot or red zone. Why was it that we were looking for a turn in this time frame? Because time was up. We've been looking at a relentless bull market from the December lows that just would not come down despite many, many people, analysts, traders, investors, pundits, you name it, calling for an immediate retest of the lows. Well, that didn't happen. The market took off to the upside. But here we are once again in the same scenario, and we talked about this on Thursday, same scenario that we were flipping around about three months ago. We were looking for a bottom, and here we started looking for a top. You can go back to Thursday's video, and we said, we're looking for a top. Did I know that it was potentially coming in the next day? Of course not. Anybody tells you otherwise is just trying to pull your chain. What's the brass tax? Was it a bullish close or a bearish close? Well, obviously it was bearish, but how bearish was it is the question. It was pretty bearish. And here's where we are. So it was below the 20 period moving average. We had a reversal. We essentially took back and then some the entire up move from Thursday and the entire banter back and forth on Wednesday after the Fed. It's all for naught. We closed below. We now closed below the range that we've been trading in for the last seven or eight trading sessions. That's a negative. It's a recapture. We had a poor weekly close. In fact, we've been eyeing the weekly close. So let's go back to the weekly. Look what happened. So you have essentially a tail candle. We made an attempt at some higher highs. The market failed. We closed back below 240. That's bearish. Any way you want to slice it, any way you want to dice it, that's bearish. You can put this in the salad shooter. It's still coming out the other side bearish. Let's go over something else for a second. I'm going to go from the weekly chart. Let's go to the other side of the extreme all the way down to a 10-minute chart and have some fun for a moment. Let's get our bearings on where we are. So here's the Thursday close. Here's the gap down on Friday. And it wasn't too bad right out of the chute. And all things being equal, it certainly could have been one of the normal morning shakeouts, Friday float. We could have certainly found some footing and they could have driven the market higher if that was going to happen, if that was the case, if that was in the plan. Apparently it wasn't. Time is up. At least for now, this market has reversed and until and unless otherwise noted, we are now finished with the uptrend until and unless, and the only thing right now that'll change my mind is A, closing back above 280.40. While it's a weekly number, that would still be a bullish sign, even intraday, even on the daily chart for sure. In addition, closing above Friday's high would also be a bullish sign, and it would be a trick, trap, fool, and frustrate of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate from the reversal Update on Thursday, reversal Friday. If we had another reversal, that would really wreak havoc in the markets for folks trying to follow the charts. However, we have to deal with what we deal with. I'm just giving you both sides what to watch out for just in case. 
You never know what you're going to wake up to Monday morning, for example. A lot of stuff can happen over the weekend. It does sometimes happen over the weekend, but there are two sides. We can also go in the other direction. There could be much, much lower prices in the offing. We don't know yet. I'm just laying out both sides just right now, right here. We're going to do some more investigative work and unpack and uncover what else we find across all the markets. But here's the point. Look at the 280.40. Look how the market fought 280.40. First, it gets underneath and it becomes resistance. Fights it, fights it, and you can see beating on it, beating on it. Finally, bust through, fails. Bust through again, and we came down. We retested it from the upside now, right? We got above it. Now it becomes support once again. All of a sudden, it's immediate support. Get above, immediate support again, not give up the ghost, and that was the end of the day. And as they started to give it up at the end of the day, when you look at a market, and this is just one of these things that you observe over time. It's nothing that happens all the time. It's nothing that happens 100% of the time. But this is something you observe that happens a lot of the time, so it's something to watch out for. If, in fact, at the end of the day, it could be any day, but certainly... On a week Friday in particular, and where we had an important number that we were watching, not everybody was watching this 280-40 number, but we were watching it, so we had a couple of things in our corner. We had a number that was important, and we saw the market reacting to the number. We saw the market find that being support. We saw the market find that to be resistance. So we know it's important. Once the market got beneath that, and it was at the end of the day Friday, leading into the close it's more likely that they're going to kill the market into the close on a day like this when everything was down across the board. It's a downtrending day. You don't want to fight the market in a downtrending day. It's likely on a downtrending day when everything is down a lot, it's likely they kill the market into the day leading into the Friday close. It's unlikely on a day like this, at least I wasn't expecting a rescue unless... They stayed above 280.40. Once they started closing, we got to about a half hour before the close. We started closing below 280.40. The writing was on the roll from my perspective. Anything could have happened on a Friday late in the day, of course. But at least in my mind, from my perspective, and my mind is a dangerous place, we all know that, but from my mind, it was going to get killed into the close once we started closing below 280.40 into the end of the day. Again, not everybody's watching that number. I was watching that number. It was important to me. I saw the market fighting that number, not only intraday, for days and days and days and days. It's important until it's not. All right, where's the next goal line stand? Where does the defense really have to buck up? Let's make it real simple. We'll call it 278. There's another gap right here. So you can see the gap is at 278.44. So we'll call it 278. They can certainly come down a little more than that. If we begin selling on Monday, for example, they come down at 278 and start to find some semblance of support, that could be, it could be made into a goal line stand. It could be supportive of the market. What if it's not? What's the next line of defense? Well, you really have to answer that in two ways. From an intraday perspective, there's going to be areas inside of this breakup candle that are supportive from an intraday perspective. But if this gap fails, if this does not hold, and it has to hold pretty quick 
early on Monday, for example, if they start selling early into the day on Monday and this gap doesn't hold, the next line of defense is down at the 200 or even a little bit lower. It's the low of this breakup candle. There's also a gap down here. There's a 50 period moving average. So somewhere in between 275 and let's just say 274, whether they get down to 273, we'll see. But that's the downside. That's what we would be looking at from a defense perspective. Doesn't happen in 10 minutes. Doesn't happen in an hour or two. It's just the next line of major, major defense. Make no mistake about it. The Bears have the ball. They left Friday with the ball. They're coming Monday or Sunday night when the future's open with the ball. Do they keep the ball or do the Bulls take the ball back? We'll see if the Bulls take the ball back and they're able to recapture 280-40. That's going to be very, very telling in the short term. But let's talk about that for a second because it's important. Does that mean anything? It means they're trying. It means the Bulls are putting up a fight. That's fine. Does it mean they're going to win? Not necessarily. Let's discuss what we have on the board until we don't. We have a recapture at 280-40. We know about that. It's been recaptured on the downside. That's bearish. Big puzzle piece, it's on the table. We had a reversal candle on Friday. It's a puzzle piece, it's on the table. Are we still in an uptrend in the spider from the December lows? Yes, we are. Just because we close below the 20-period moving average doesn't mean we're not in an uptrend. The market technically is still in an uptrend. Think about it. Put it in this perspective. Where we came from at the December lows to where we were Thursday's close we're still pretty high on this chart relative to the December low. We always have to put everything in perspective, both sides of the coin. It was a down day. Was it a reversal candle? Yes. Was it a recapture? Yes. Was it a down day? Yes. Does there have to be a collapse in the market? No. We could be up 20 handles on the spider on Monday. Why not? I don't know that we will or we won't. What I'm trying to do is impress upon you that we don't know. Sometimes we get sucked in listening to people where we believe they know something we don't know. That's not the case. What we can do is we can identify the way the chart acts, certain prices that we may rally to, get above, get below, when we have important numbers and we have specific things on the chart that we're looking at and we know it becomes bullish or becomes bearish based on above or below, at least gives us a guideline. We need a roadmap We'll drive the car. What we don't need is pundits telling us what should be based on some phony economic data. That's nonsense. It doesn't help us make money. What helps us make money is understanding why the chart does what it does and how it does what it does based on certain things that happen. If we can identify those certain things that happen, we're in the driver's seat, not them. The IWM, my favorite market leading indicator. We all know this. What's going on here? It's bearish. We've been talking about this for days and days and days, weeks and weeks and weeks, months, years. It goes on. So what we had was an IWM that failed to get above the 20. It failed to get above the breakdown candle high. That was it. We talked about it every single day. Until and unless we got above that breakdown candle high in the 20, nothing doing. Even if we did, we were watching out for a continued divergence against the S&P 500. We had a divergence. We have a divergence. Look where the IWM was down today. 3.64%. Or I should say Friday. It is Saturday as I'm making this video. Let's look at it this way. 
just from a chart perspective, forget technical analysis, forget everything you know, just use common sense with this question. Is the IWM more likely to hit the 100 period moving average down at 148, give or take, or is it likely to just turn around and go back the other way? Based on everything we've seen, not just yesterday, not just on Friday, but everything that we've seen over the last several days as they've tried to fight to get through the breakdown candle high in the 20 and weren't able to do it. That's called a rejection. Now the market's in a downtrend. This market, while the bigger picture from December low, we don't necessarily want to say the trend has reversed. That's subjective. But right now, this looks ugly. And until and unless this market either finds some stability around the 100, it's coming down farther. See how in here, this is the bear case, but you see how in here the market kind of did a dance, right? It was dancing around, was bantering back and forth, then it broke out, okay? We did the same thing here. So here's a breakout area. We came back down to test that breakout area today, okay? Depending on where you draw the line, it's subjective on where the breakdown area is, but the concept is the same. We came down to test the former breakout area. Well, there's another one right down here. So there's another breakout area right here that we're likely to come down and retest where you want to draw it down at 145, 144, 145 and a half. Doesn't matter. This is not where to buy the market. This is conceptual. This is common sense. This is where the market is likely headed unless we get a turnaround. If we get a turnaround, that's fine. We know the other side. If we get a turnaround and the market starts going higher, the IWM would have a ton of work to do to get up and change the picture that appears on the chart right now. The first order of business would be to get back above the 50-day moving average. That's number one, 151.59. That's first order of business. It's not right close by. The second order of business would be to get back above and close above Thursday's high, back above 156. Those two things are really the only things that repair the damage that was just done. Now keep this in mind. Can they hit the 100 period moving average and turn around and make it look like that's all that's going to be on the downside and have several days worth of rally, get all the bulls sucked back in and say, oh, we just had a minor correction for a couple of days and here we go. Not specific to the IWM, just markets in general. Have another dip and then all of a sudden that's it and they try and rally again, fake everybody out. The answer is Yes, they can. They do it all the time. It's just something to watch out for. It's the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Just want to give you what we're watching for. It's kind of like we're on the neighborhood watch. Normal is normal. Not normal is not normal. We're looking for both. We can use both. All right, you ready for this? Put your seatbelt on. Here's the weekly chart of the IWM, right? Wait till you see this. Breakup candle, low. 149.63. All right, just double check. Breakup candle low, 149.63. Low today, 149.57. Close, 149.62. Accident, coincidence, not a freaking chance. That's a warning sign. It's a shot across the bow. We could go up on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I'm here to tell you that weekly close is a shot across the bow. We had another shot across the bow in the SPY with the weekly close. It is what it is. We're just deciphering the information the market is providing back to us. 
How about over in the transportation department? So here's another one, canary in the coal mine, right? This was a leading indicator. This was not confirming the up move in the SPY, in the Dow, in the NASDAQ. This was not confirming the bullishness, if you will. So what this was doing was telling us that there's trouble under the hood. We kept looking at it. We kept talking about it. You just don't know when the major market, you just don't know when the SPY or the S&P 500 is going to make the turn. You have to look for signs and a signal of a trend change. Until then, the trend is your friend. Keep in mind, how long did we hold off the bears who wanted to say the market shouldn't be here, it's turning, it's turning tomorrow, it's turning the next day, it's turning the next day? We did that for weeks until the market turned. How did we do that? By using the information on the charts, by looking at all the things that have worked in the past. They work until they don't. The transports have been one of the best canary in the coal mines for years and years and years. Look at this chart. Close below the 100 period moving average. That's bearish. Why is it bearish even though we just closed below it just by a couple of points? The reason is, look what happened. Look at the bigger picture. Support, broken. We got above it. It was support. We tried to rally away from it. It was a lower high. That's a failure. The likely scenario is this is a failure. It just is what it is. Now, all the people that were bearish all this time are going to come back and say, see, I told you so. We all knew this was going to happen. It's not a question of what. It's a question of when. That's how you find success in the market. Time is more important than price. How long have you heard me say that? For as long as you've been here watching these videos, time is more important than price. We were looking for a bottom in December. We were looking for a top in March. It just is what it is. The cues, the cues were on an all-out assault for higher prices. It looked like they were going to go fill the gap. Everything was bullish. Look at this. It's still bullish, only we had a reversal candle. So we must respect the reversal candle. It's a reversal candle of the prior up day. It's a reversal. But we need to respect something. Look where the cues are on the chart relative to everything else. So one of two things is going to happen. Either we're going to have a normal garden variety pullback in the market. The cues are going to stay in a very, very bullish position. And the uptrend is going to continue. And we're going to have another big rally into or throughout the remainder of 2019. We may have a correction first. Or the cues are going to get absolutely smoked. Because they've been leading on the upside, they're going to play catch-up, and they're going to get absolutely hammered beyond all belief, giving you both sides. Frankly, you have to just, and I'm reiterating this for probably the third time in this video, you have to just realize that they're not going to give up the ghost that easy. It's hard to kill a bull. May have another down day, two or three or four, into next week. Certainly possible. Doesn't mean everything's over. You're going to have big swings in both directions. Each and every time we have corrective phases in the market, we have big swings in both directions. You're going to have days where the market's going to rip 30, 40, 50 points on the upside in the spider, maybe more. And you're going to also have days while it's doing that later on or before that happens, the market was down 30, 40, 50 handles. That's going to happen if we're getting into a corrective phase. Put your seatbelt on. Things will get more interesting than they've been on the grind higher for sure. How about the weekly chart of the cues? What do we have? We have a tail candle. 
What does that normally mean? Well, it's generally the market's way of telling us that it's going to have trouble going higher. Can they do a retracement of the tail candle? Yeah. These are all things that are discussed in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. All these things. The whole ball of wax. All I'm doing is giving you the highlights here, but if you want to unpack and understand what's really under the hood, that's where the information is. Next stop, down at the financial district, look what we have here. That's pretty ominous in and of itself. What do we always say? If the financials are declining, it's going to be unlikely you'll see a market rising outside of the financials, and it works both ways. You need participation from the financials. Right now, the financials look fugly. This is a trend change. They are headed lower. Look how quick this happens. They're bullish, they're bullish, they're bullish, they're breaking out, and all of a sudden, in one fell swoop, we're now below all the moving averages, falling. Pay attention to that. That is not something to be taken lightly. We have to keep our eye on the financials. They're a big part of the market, and we know without the financials, the market's not going anywhere on the upside. Where's the next major area of support? Right here at this gap, 25 bucks, a little less than 25. We'll call it, for argument's sake, the actual close is 24.89. So we're going to fill the gap once we spike through or to 24.89. The semis, SMH, the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, same deal. It's not a full-blown collapse or trend change. We're above all the moving averages, but it's an ugly day. It's a takeaway of the previous day, which was a great day. So all in all, we have to look at this a little bit different than we look at some of the other markets. If the SMH comes down farther over the next couple of days, then it'll play some catch-up. But right now, we have to look at the SMH and the Qs a little bit different than the other markets. They're more bullish. Same deal applies to the SMH that applies to the Qs. Are they going to just unravel and really play catch-up on the downside? That's possible. We have to be aware of that. But it's more bullish than the other markets, or I should say less bearish. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. We're watching. We don't know yet whether there's a catch-up game going on, or is this another hint that we may just see a corrective move, and then we see another attempt at higher prices in the market. We don't know yet either way. That's one thing we need to just center ourselves around and realize, I don't know, you don't know, nobody knows. What we have to do is take the information and we take the information that's given to us and that's how we come with our best conclusion that's available based on the information. Isn't that better than next year's earnings are going to be X, therefore the price should be Y? After listening to some of this stuff, doesn't that sound stupid? How do you know what next year's earnings are going to be? You don't. So starting off with a guess as the foundation of your premise sounds to me like a big bag full of ridiculous. How about gold? We've been in gold for a while. We bought gold near the low. We bought gold at 121.75. That was when the alert went out for inside the numbers members. So we were in there buying gold GLD at 121.75 or lower. And here we are at 124. There was a method behind the madness. So think about this for a second. While we know I use each and every chart independent of one another, this is not our first rodeo. So I see gold bottoming out, and it was really a perfect setup based on everything we teach in the course, so I had a very, very low risk trade to put on. I had actually less than a dollar of risk on a $120 stock, okay? So that's item number one. So here we are, it starts to turn, and I see it starting to turn, and the market's rising. 
So I like to treat each chart independent of one another, but at the same time, I understand what's likely going to happen into the future. And this is back a couple of weeks ago. So into the future, I know eventually the market's going to correct. Gold's going to rise. They're going to call it the fear trade. People are going to hop on because they don't want to miss the boat. They want to be in the fear trade. They have to have somewhere to put some capital that they took out of the stock market or they think it's a hedge against the stock market, but they're going to run into gold. Now, the stock market's rising at the same time, so I don't want to short the market. I'm fighting the bears, right? I know the market's still rising. It's in an uptrend. It's not time yet. So the market keeps going up, and I'm fighting, fighting, fighting. I'm holding off the bears. It's like there's a 100 bears on the other side of the door, and I'm the only one like with my shoulder against the door trying to not let them in. So what do I do? Instead of shorting the market, I have a little stealth move and we buy gold, knowing that gold's going to rise if the market comes down. I don't know that's going to happen. I just know that my risk was small and it's likely to happen. I don't want to correlate markets, but I know that at times there is a correlation that appears. It happens for a day, a week, a month, a year, and then it disappears again. I understand that takes place, but the fact is, the reason I don't look at correlations is because you don't know when they're active and when they're not until they are or they're not. So it's like a guess. And you know how I feel about guesses. It's not what we do. You can't make money guessing at the market unless you get lucky. And how many times in a row is that going to happen? Listen, I got a honeydew list the size of a grocery store receipt. So I have to run. We're going to wrap it here. I hope this was helpful. This was a weekend update, common sense market analysis. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Really appreciate it. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.